the book of Matthew with me, chapter 4. Matthew 4, I'll, I'll do like I do most of the time when I preach. I like to give a background of what's led up to uh, where I'll be teaching from tonight. And there ain't a whole, uh, a, a whole, well, there is a whole lot to be said. I should shouldn't say there ain't a whole lot to be said, but we've only got three chapters that led up to this. Three, three chapters of the New Testament, no less. Yeah. That's led up to Matthew 4. What's happened? Well, there's been a genealogy given in Matthew chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find a very similar reverse genealogy in the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. Uh, however, that takes place in the third chapter of Luke as opposed to the first chapter. But anyway, there's a genealogy given. Then we have the birth of Christ. Uh, then uh, we have uh, some adolescence uh, uh, of Christ, and uh, then we have the uh, announcing of John the Baptist, we should say. We have uh, the baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist, which is the beginning of Jesus Christ's uh, uh, ministry, I will say. But and that leads us into Matthew chapter 4. We'll read the first uh, 11 verses of Matthew 4 here in just a moment. This is the temptation of Jesus Christ. We we should all be very familiar with that. Uh, But something we need to remember, though, uh, and there's a reason I said what I did. uh, Jesus, when he was born into this world, he was born as king. When Jesus Christ, uh, uh, even as an adolescent, even even as a young man, uh, which we have very little record uh, of in the scriptures uh, as far as his adolescent years go, uh, but even then he was king. Uh, And even when he was baptized by John the Baptist, he was baptized as king. Uh, But uh, when we get to Matthew chapter 4, which we'll be reading here in just a moment in these first 11 verses, he was tempted as a king, and we need to, we need to keep that, those thoughts in mind. You know, we think of him as a baby in that manger, and we think of him as just a baby, folks. He was king. He yeah. was king then. He was king before then. He was oh, king yeah. before he was conceived. He's been here since uh, since the beginning, and he'll be here uh, in the end of this thing. And, he'll, and he's been king the entire time. Uh, his kingship has never been revoked. No. It has never been removed. Uh, he's been king the entire time. So as we read this, let's keep that in mind. Jeannie, uh, after what you said tonight, needing a little boost, I hope this helps you tonight. Uh, uh, it should help all of us, truth be known. But anyway, Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. And remember, this is right after the baptize, ba- baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist. So Matthew 4 and verse 1 says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We'll stop right there for just a moment. So in, in, the fir- in the first verse that we read, it says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Why then? Why, why, why right after this baptism 
uh, was this done. I mean, you don't really read about anything else that happened between the baptism and uh, and Jesus being led led up of the Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Uh, it seems kind of strange to us. Folks, again, he was baptized as king, and he's being tempted as king. But something we need to pay attention to is he, it says he was led up into the wilderness of the Spirit of God to be tempted. He was led by the Spirit of God to be tempted by Satan. So what does that tell us? That tells us that our temptation is going to be no different. If you're a born-again child of God, you will be led by the Spirit to be tempted of Satan. Now, there's two different, uh, uh, two different uses of the word tempt in Scripture. And there's two different uses of the word out in the world. One of those, one of those uses is to be seduced, to be, to be tempted to do evil uh, uh, by Satan. The other uh, use of that word is to be tried, to be tried of God. Uh, 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 that's, that's the other use of it. The Bible says in the book of James, it, said, it says that God cannot be tempted, neither tempteth he any man. That is to be tempted to do evil, to be uh, tempted uh, to be seduced into doing evil. That's what that, uh, those verses, or, uh, that verse in James is referring to. God cannot be tempted to do evil. However, we can try our faith with God, can we not? And God will try our faith, but he will not tempt us to do evil. He will not throw us into an evil situation or an evil circumstance. God does not work like that. And people will say that. They'll say, well, uh, you know, the Bible says that God tried or tempted Job. The Bible plainly states that God tempted Abraham. It says that in plain black and white in your Bible. If you're using the same type of Bible that I am, it says that God tempted Abraham. But it means that he tried him. He tried his faith. And God will try your faith, and He will try our faith. But when when we are when we are tempted of Satan, as Jesus was here, uh, we will be led by the Spirit of God in such in such a circumstance. Jesus Christ was led by the Spirit up into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. So anytime that we're tempted, anytime that we're tempted, you remember. That the, the Spirit of God is leading us in this thing. And if we follow His leadership, if we follow His guidance, we will overcome that temptation. Now, Jesus Christ was being tempted here as King of the entire universe. King of the entire universe was being tempted here. Now, my question to you, and be careful before you answer it, my question to you is, could Jesus Christ have failed? In these temptations. He was tempted three times in these 11 verses that we're going to go through. Could he have failed? I will give you a big, fat, undoubted no. He could not have failed. Now that being said, was it real temptation? You better believe it was real temptation. But he could not have failed. Folks, the point of these scriptures, and I've seen preachers use these 11 verses, using one temptation at a time, using all three temptations, I've used them to drive the flock down into the ground. And, and, but now folks, now you remember this, we are not Jesus Christ, and we are nothing like Jesus Christ. He was tempted more within these three verses than you or I have ever been tempted in our entire lives. 
And this isn't the only time that he was ever tempted. In fact, in Luke chapter 4, when you read this same account, at the end of this, it says that Satan departed from him here in Matthew's account. In Luke chapter 4, it says Satan departed for a season. He just, he just departed from him for a little while. I promise you, Satan was around every corner. He was in every room. He was, he was there daytime and nighttime at every meal throughout the days of Jesus' life. I guarantee you Satan was there tempting him. We only read about three real temptations here. But I guarantee you this was not the only three times that Jesus was tempted uh, th throughout the course of his life here on earth. Uh, Satan was trying to destroy him from the very get-go. If y'all remember, when the Magi came through, uh, the wise men as we call them, uh, when, when, uh, when they were on their way to see Jesus, they were stopped by a man named Herod. He said, where, where are you going? He said, I'm, we're going to see this, this, uh, uh, this boy that was born. He said, well, when you see him, bring me word. Bring me word. Tell me where he is. They didn't return, did they? According to the scriptures, you back up just a chapter or so in the scriptures, just a chapter, chapter and a half, you'll read that, that account. Yeah. And, and they didn't return uh, unto Herod to let him know that. So what did Herod do? He said, I want every kid in this kingdom killed. Every kid that's two years old and less, I want them killed. Why? Because that, that stepped on his pride. That got in his way. That got in his way. He was the ruler of this entire region. And he didn't want anybody coming up, anybody worshipped, anyone more uh, thought of more than he was. So there was an attempt put out on the life of Jesus Christ then. But thankfully the Spirit led Joseph, led Mary, and led Jesus down into Egypt before that ever happened. He took him down to Egypt uh, while all that was going on. And then word came a little bit later on, hey, it's safe to go up, that ruler's dead. It's safe to go back, uh, back home. Uh, but anyway, Jesus was led up of the spirit into the wilderness to, to be tempted of the devil. Yes, it was real temptation that Jesus Christ was facing. And it was more temptation than you or I, either one, could have dealt with. The difference between Jesus Christ and you or I, either one, is once so much pressure is put on us, once so much temptation is laid out there, you and I both will yield to whatever the temptation is. Once so much of it is put up there. Jesus Christ did not. That's the purpose of these scriptures. This shows the perfection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it shows our weakness. It shows our weakness because I guarantee you if I'd been up in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights fasting and I'd have been as hungry as Jesus Christ would have been, I would have used my power to have turned those stones into bread. Jesus Christ didn't though. Jesus Christ was here to, for one purpose. What was it? To do the will of the Father. He was here to do the will of the Father. That's what these temptations were doing. It was, it was Satan trying to get, get Jesus to go around the will of the Father. It wasn't just trying to make him perform some huge miracle and turn stones into bread no. or, or to fling himself off from the, uh, the top of the pinnacle and, and survive at the bottom. It wasn't nothing to, nothing to do with that. It was trying to get Jesus to go around the will of the Father. Uh -huh. And Jesus Christ did not go into that. So you remember that. Whenever you're being tempted, regardless of the temptation, whenever you're being tempted, it is trying to get you to go around the will of Almighty God. That's all that temptation there is for. It's trying to get 
you to go against the will of God instead of with the will of God. The temptation was no different for you than it was for Jesus. It was no different for Jesus than it was for Eve over in the garden. The exact same things were, uh, were, were sought out as far as Eve goes as were sought out with Jesus and are sought out with you and with me. Yeah. Satan has not changed the way that he practices. He, you know why? Because it worked in the garden. And if it worked in the garden, why wouldn't it work with you? And why wouldn't it work with me? The process has not changed. The temptation has not changed. So when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward, of course, yes, he was in hunger. Uh, but it says, uh, uh, the tempter came to him. He said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now listen, he wasn't questioning Jesus' deity when he said, if thou be the son of God. Satan knew exactly who it was. He knew. Remember, Satan was an angel. Satan at one time abided in heaven. And you know what? Jesus Christ was there when Satan abided in heaven. He knew who Jesus was. He knew who he was dealing with. So when he said, if thou be the son of God, he was not doubting the deity of Jesus Christ when he said that. He said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus Christ retorts uh, uh, the temptation with what? With Scripture. With the Word of God. Mm -hmm. he, said, he says, It is written. And if you notice, the other two times he comes against Satan after the temptations, after these <laughs> other two temptations, he answers in the exact same manner. It is written. He answers with the Word of God. What does that tell us? The more of this word that we know, the better off we're going to be in this world. The more of this world we, word that we know, the better against temptation we'll be able to fight. And the better we'll be able to recognize temptation when it comes our ways. How many times have we, have we fell in to, to a blatant sin of some kind and looked back in hindsight and saw all these little sins that we were committing leading up to it? It's happened to me, and I know it's happened to you. It's happened to every one of us. Those little sins will roll up into a big blatant sin of some kind. Yeah. And, and folks, uh, the more we know of this word, the more we'll recognize the temptation when it's still in the little sin stage. For it ever leads up to those big sins. And listen, in God's eyes, there is no big sin and little sin. Yeah. In God's eyes, the, 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 the most quiet gossiper in the church is just as much of a sinner as the murderer sitting out here on death row mm -hmm. sin is sin is sin in the eyes of a holy and righteous God that has never committed sin so we need to remember that but on the human level we got our big sins and we got our little yeah. sins so uh, remember every, every time we fall into deep sin there's been a whole trail of little sins that oh, led yeah. up to that a whole trail of them you look back in hindsight and see if I ain't right uh, when it's happened in your life but uh, but Satan tempts Jesus Christ. And we'll look at him and we'll say, well, what kind of temptation was that? I mean, he was the son of God. He is the son of God. He was God himself, praise God. 
what kind of temptation was it for, for Satan to say, just turn these stones to bread? Mm -hmm. The temptation was getting Jesus Christ to go outside the will of the Father. Not, mm -hmm. to, not to feed himself. Folks, that's a natural urge. When I get hungry, what do I want to do? I want to eat. Jesus Christ was no different. When he was baptized by John the Baptist in the chapter right before this, in Matthew chapter 3, he was associated with us. That, that was the purpose of his baptism. It wasn't nothing to do with the baptism for the remission of sin. The man had never committed a sin. No. So he was being associated with us. He was being aligned with us. Not as a sinner, but as a person, as a human being. He was, be, he was being associated with humankind in that baptism. It associated something that was holy, something that was God. Something that was completely and totally righteous and sinless with a bunch of sinful people. It, 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 it aligned him with us. That was the purpose of the baptism of Jesus Christ. So, so he was just like us uh, uh, when he was being tempted here. He was a human. He was a human being. But, uh, but he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What uh, Jesus, of course, quoting from Deuteronomy here, but how was this effective? What, what was he saying to Satan in these few words that he spoke here? Well, what did God tell the Israelites? What did God tell Moses? He said, you go down there, you get my people, you get them to the promised land, and I'm going to be right there with you. You listen to what I say, and I will get you to the promised land. That was the word of God. That was the words proceeding out of the mouth of God. And when they got out there in the wilderness, they got out there in the middle of absolutely nothing. No food, no this, no that, no water. We know, we know the story. We know the account. God said, I'll feed them with manna from heaven. I will feed them miraculously, but I will take care of my people. That's the words, that can, and that's Spencer's, uh, Spencer's uh, paraphrasing of it, yes. But that was the word that proceeded out of the mouth of, mouth of God. So when Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. <laughs> Jesus knew exactly where that manna came from in the wilderness. Jesus is the one that sprinkled that manna. Jesus was the manna according to the New Testament, that sprinkled down to the people of God. He was the bread of life that was given to them. He was the bread of life that was given to the people in the New Testament era, in the gospel era, and he's the bread of life that is given to people now. That is the word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners in the old days spoke unto his people by the prophets, mm -hmm. but in these last days has spoken unto us by Jesus Christ, by his son, Jesus Christ. That's the word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Jesus Christ knew what he was telling Satan here, and, and, and it uh, it dealt a, a major blow to Satan. Like I said, just skimming through it, it don't seem like he really did much. But when you really think on it, and you think of the other scriptures that pertain to this, folks, it meant a whole lot, a whole lot. Verse 5, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on, uh, on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. 
So Satan takes him up into the holy city. What's the holy city? It's Jerusalem. Satan takes him up and sets him on a pinnacle of the temple, very high place, and, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. Again, he was not questioning whether Jesus Christ was indeed the Son of God or not. He knew who Jesus Christ was. Yeah. He was not saying that. He's tempting Jesus Christ, though. He's tempting him out of the will of God to, to, to become basically a religious leader by performing this miracle because he knew if he was up there on that pinnacle in the middle of Jerusalem that there were going to be people watching him. And there would have been people watching him fall down to what should have been his death. But Satan quotes scripture to him. And this is what got me thinking about this because Orville brought this up this past Sunday. When he said he th uh, thought he was going to be teaching about angels, he quoted Psalms 91. Uh, 91. And this is Psalms 91.11. However, Satan threw a little bit of verse 12 in there as well. He misquoted the scripture. Now listen, Satan can quote scripture. If the word of God is forever settled in heaven, and it is according to Psalms 119, Satan was there when it was written down. Oh yeah. Satan was there. He knew what the word of God said. And it does. It says, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. That's Psalms 91.11. Satan didn't mention that part. He said, doesn't it say that he'll give his angels charge over you to hold you in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone? In other words, he'll give his angels charge over you to protect you, but nothing about keeping you. In, in those ways, keeping you in, 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 in thy ways, in your ways. And what are our ways as saved, born-again people? Those are the ways of God to keep thee in thy ways. He is trying to get him around the will of God, trying to get him to take a different route other than the cross, anything other than going to that cross. He's trying to get, him, uh, get, him, uh, get Jesus to give in to, to the <laughs> glory of God or to get the glory of God without going, through, uh, without going through the trials and without going through the suffering, without going through the cross and the crucifixion. He is trying to get Jesus around the will of God just like he does us just like he does us if thou be the son of God cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone I don't read nothing about to keep thee in all thy ways but that's exactly how Psalms 91 11 ends he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways he doesn't say anything about that. He was trying. He was tempting Jesus Christ. He was tempting him, just, just like he did Eve over in the garden. He tempted Eve into the into the original sin, taking of the fruit. And then what did Eve do? Eve turned around, basically told her husband, "Hey, it's fine. I took of the fruit. You do the same." This is Spencer paraphrasing. The one that was tempted became the tempter. Mm -hmm. Satan didn't need to tempt anymore. His job was done. Eve became the tempter for her husband. Mm -hmm. However, however, folks, men, that don't let us off the hook. Because the Bible, and it talks about the first Adam. Mm -hmm. Not the first Eve. It talks about the first Adam. And then there was a second Adam, which was Jesus Christ that came along. The first, by the first Adam, the world was condemned. The world uh, came to know sin through the first Adam. Eve wasn't even in the picture when Paul was saying that to the Corinthian church. So, man, we're not let off the hook just because Eve committed the original sin by giving in to the temptation. But 
But the, remember that the tempted, the one that was tempted, Eve, she became the tempter for her husband. We've got to remember that. Because, folks, we let sin in. We'll let sin in our lives. I'm talking even born-again children of God. We let sin into our lives a little bit. We're going to become tempters for those around us. Well, it must be okay if they're doing it. They go to church. They worship God. They pray. They talk to me about Jesus Christ all the time. And I saw them sinning. I heard what they said. I know what they did. And if it's okay for them, then it must be okay for me. Us, We who were tempted, we will become the tempters for those around us. Just like Eve became the tempter for Adam. We have got to be careful in our walk. We walk as straight as we can. Yes, we're going to stumble. Yes, we'll fall flat on our face. But yes, we have liberty in Jesus Christ to go to the Father and get forgiveness for that. And just as Jesus Christ told that woman that was brought to him in adultery, he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Folks, when we get forgiven, that doesn't give us permission to go out and redo what we got forgiven for. No. It does not give us permission for that. Mm. But we should have a, a remorse within us. Uh, even after forgiveness, we should have a remorse for our sin. And that should, that should serve as, as a tool to keep us from going and getting that uh, or sinning again. If we ain't got remorse for it, we need to be checking up to see if we actually got salvation or not. If we got salvation, we should have remorse for our sin. Jesus said to him, verse 7, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's all Jesus said. Jesus, or uh, Satan quoted uh, part of verse 11 from Psalms 91, part of verse 12 from Psalms uh, uh, 91. Two verses. Jesus simply says, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Yeah. <laughs> I like Jesus' attitude there. Jesus don't have to throw out a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, no. He throws out a little snippet out of the Word of God. The Word of God is a thousand, million, trillion, billion times more powerful than anything Satan can throw at us. Right. You know why? Because God spoke it. God spoke it. And when God speaks it, it means something. Jesus said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What, uh, what, why did he use this as his retort to Satan? Uh, remember, Satan set him up on a high pinnacle of the temple. And, and basically dared him. Fling yourself off of here. The Bible says, you know, you, uh, God will give his angels charge over you. They'll protect you. Well, Jesus knew that. Jesus knew good and well what that was. It's just like, let's revert back to the woman again that was brought uh, uh, before Jesus, the one that was caught in the very act of adultery. Those men said, Moses said, the law says she should be stoned. She was just caught in the middle of this blatant nasty ugly sin according to the law she should be killed what say you jesus again that's spencer paraphrasing but that's basically what they were saying and jesus said he who is without sin let him first cast a stone yeah first cast a stone that was jesus's way of telling those folks i know what that law says i'm the one that wrote that law I'm the one, that, I'm, I'm God manifesting the flesh. My finger etched that on those tablets before Moses broke them. I know what that law says. Who are you, a measly sinful man, to interpret to me what that law means when I'm the one that put it in place? That's what Jesus was telling them when he said, he who is without sin, let him first cast a stone. He just said it in a lot fewer words. Here Jesus says, uh, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Folks, we don't tempt God. We don't need to tempt God. 
We don't need to try God. We don't need to ask God to try our faith. If God thinks our faith needs some trying, he'll try us. He will try us. We don't need to invite it into our lives. I don't want no more trial than what I've already got. And you shouldn't want any more trial than what you've already got in your life. If God sees we need a little bit more trial, a little bit more trial by fire, uh, a little bit more uh, uh, tempting from him. I'm not saying tempting to do evil. I'm talking about trying our faith. If God deems that necessary, so be it. Folks, that's what I mean when I say thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. If that's God's will for my life, so be it. If he get, gets glory out of it, so be it. If I get sick and I'm laying in a hospital bed for a month or two months or six months or a year, and I'm dying for that long. If Jesus Christ gets glory out of it, so be it. But it's for his glory and not for mine. I'm not going to tempt God to do those things to me. I, I, you know, if it's not in his will, don't ask for it. Uh, like I said, if God thinks that we need more trials in our life, he'll see to it that we get them, whether we want them or not. Whether we want them or not, he'll do that. Again, the devil taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Now the age-old question here is, did Satan have any right to tell Jesus Christ, I have these kingdoms and I'll give them to you? He could. Yeah, he could. Absolutely he could. What's the Bible say about Satan? He's the prince of the power of the air. Right. He's the prince of this world. He's world. the prince of darkness. He yeah. is uh, absolutely. Now listen, God owns this world. Yeah. God owns this universe. He owns all the planets, owns every moon around all the planets. He owns it all. The Bible says he owns the cattle and the hills that they that they walk around on, graze yeah. on, and they, uh, they find their pasture on. He owns yeah. it all. But Satan has limited control. I'll say limited control yeah. of this world. Mm -hmm. You know how I know? You read, you read the newspaper. Mm -hmm. You listen to the news. That ain't God. Mm -hmm. That ain't God. God is still sovereign. And Satan still cannot do anything without Almighty God's permission. Right. But Satan had every right in the world to tell Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. I will give you all these kingdoms. And the glory thereof, if you'll do what? Down Fall down, down your knees and worship me. That's what Satan wants. That's what he wants. Exactly. Satan wants to be God. Yep. And he cannot be God. Mm -hmm. All he wants is the worship of men. Yep. He wanted the worship of Jesus. He wants your worship. Mm -hmm. He wants my worship. He wants to be God. And he was tempting Jesus here, mm -hmm. saying, if you'll do nothing more than bow down and worship me, Go outside of the will of God. If you'll do nothing more than bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms and all the glory that comes with them. What does that tell me? Even now in 2021, what does that tell me? That the kingdoms of this world yeah. and their glory are going to Satan. Mm -hmm. They go to Satan. If, if Satan was telling Jesus that all this glory from the kingdoms of the world was his and he was willing to give it to Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ to bow down and worship him, folks, it is no different now. Mm. And when, when we say kingdoms, uh, we're talking every city, every state, every country, 
everything that you read about in the news that's negative, everything that you see on the news that is evil. Missy was telling me just this evening when I got home from work, there was some video footage, uh, I think she said from Kingsport, about some people that took a dog in a church parking lot, tied it to the rear end of their car, and dragged it around the parking lot. And she said everybody in the Tri-Cities is looking for whoever it was right now. Folks, that ain't God. I don't care if it was a church parking lot or not. That was evil. It was evil. And if people will do that to a dog, don't you think for a second they won't do it to a human being. It was evil. God had nothing to do with that. But yet people will look out and they'll say, where was God when that was going on? Where was God when that was happening? Folks, God's still on the throne and he ain't left. I, I done said Jesus Christ was king. He was king before his birth. He was king during his birth. After his birth, he was king being tempted right now. Satan said, I'll give you the kingdoms and the glory of this world. Folks, a king, if there's a king, he has to have a kingdom. If there's a prince, he has to be prince over the kingdom. And unfortunately, it's a lot of kingdoms in this oh, yeah. world that he's prince over. But again, he tempts Jesus. <clears throat> Taking them to an exceeding high mountain and showeth them all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down mm -hmm. and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. And once again, all three times he said, It is written. It is written. In other words, God's done said it. It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Mm -hmm. Boy, how much of a kick to the shins do you think that was to Satan? When all he's wanting is to be God mm -hmm. and to be worshipped like God is. Folks, you read about in Isaiah and you read about in the book of Ezekiel. That was Satan's main, uh, main concern. That was Lucifer's main concern was he wanted to be exalted above the throne of God. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be God. He wanted to overtake God. Mm -hmm. And he wanted the worship of God. Mm -hmm. And God would have no part of it. That's why he was ousted. That's why he was kicked out of heaven along with a third of the angels from what I can read in Revelation of my interpretation of that scripture is right. correct. Uh, but it uh, uh, says, says, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down, fall down and worship me. <laughs> Folks, that's what Satan wants out of you and he wants it out of me as well. He wants our worship. He wants our attention. He wants our acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. he, he wants us to treat him as God. Mm -hmm. The lost folks is already doing it. They're already treating him as God, and most of them don't even realize it, but they are. But he wants the same thing out of the children of God, and that's why he tempts us the way that he does. Well, folks, if we, if we can retaliate the same way Jesus does, it says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now listen, this is Jesus quoting Old Testament scripture to, uh, to Satan, but he, uh, he says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. What's that word thy mean in this old e? English? It means your. Mm -hmm. He's saying that to Satan. He's saying, if Thou shalt worship the Lord your God. <laughs> he's, say, he's saying that to Satan. In other words, he's saying, He's still Lord over you, Satan. Yep. That, that, that's what I'm getting out of this. He says, he's still Lord over you. Even though you're sitting here tempting me, me, his only begotten son, even though you're doing that, and even though you've got these kingdoms and you've got their glory and you can tempt me with them and, and give them to me, if I worshiped you, he is still Lord over you. Right. 
That's, that's why I've said that, pe uh, uh, that people uh, or that Jesus Christ will either be Lord and Savior of our life or he'll be neither. Actually, he's still Lord. He's Lord over all and over everyone. Whether, whether the lost people will admit it, acknowledge it, or whether they even like it or not, he is still Lord over their lives because God can use lost people mm -hmm. for his glory just like he can use saved people for his glory. Don't mm -hmm. believe me, read what he done to Pharaoh and the entire Egyptian army. Pharaoh never was saved, not that I can read in Scripture. Mm -hmm. Never did acknowledge God for, for, being, the God of the, uh, for being God of his life. And as far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the scriptural account goes, Pharaoh's burning in hell right now. Yeah. Uh, uh, so God can use those lost people for his glory because he said that he had raised Pharaoh up just for that purpose, for his glory, for his glory to show not only the Egyptians, but to show the Israelites, God's chosen people, that God was God, that Jehovah was God of his people. So he rose them up for his own glory. Jesus said, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Him only right. shalt thou serve. So when we're tempted, when we're tempted, what was he tempting him with here? Power. Yeah. Glory. Mm -hmm. The very things that he had anyway. Mm -hmm. that would, what does Jesus say at the end of this gospel? The end of the gospel of Matthew. So all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Mm -hmm. All power. That includes what power Satan was tempting him right. with right here. But what had happened when Jesus said that? The crucifixion had done happen. Mm -hmm. The suffering had done happen. Mm -hmm. The cross had done happen. Mm -hmm. The death had done happen. The burial had done happen. And bless God, amen, and hallelujah, the resurrection had done happen. When Jesus said those words mm -hmm. that all power was given unto him in heaven and in earth. Satan was tempting him. You can have this glory without the suffering. Mm -hmm. You can have this glory without going to the cross. You can have this glory by going outside again the will of God. But Jesus Christ came here to do one thing, to fulfill the will of God. Mm -hmm. Satan was tempting him to not do that. Satan was tempting him to go outside that will. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ said, that's all I want to do is the will of the Father. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Folks, they'll be ministering for us mm -hmm. after the temptations mm -hmm. and after the trials. Right. After, after, after God has allowed Satan to tempt us. Mm -hmm. Satan will tempt us with sin. Yep. God will try our faith himself. He don't need Satan to do it. Yep. God will do that himself. But after every trial, I promise you, there is ministering to happen. There is ministering of angels. There is ministering of the Holy Ghost of God. Hey, if I'm born again, that Holy Ghost is right there with me through the entire process. Mm -hmm. You better believe he'll comfort me. He will minister unto me. After, after. And what happens when we overcome a temptation? Whether it's a simple temptation or whether it's a trial, Almighty <laughs> God. But what does that do? It strengthens us and it strengthens our faith. It strengthens our faith in Jehovah God. It strengthens our faith that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. It strengthens our faith that he is God over this universe. Regardless of what Satan thinks, God is still in control. It strengthens our faith in all of these things. There's a purpose in our trials. There was a purpose in Jesus' trials here, in his temptations here. And it wasn't, like I said, Jesus Christ could not have failed. 
Not any of these temptations. It was impossible for him to fail because he was perfect as Alpha. He'll be perfect as Omega. He was perfect being tempted here. He was perfect born as a baby in Bethlehem. He could not fail. It shows his perfection. And it should strengthen our faith in his perfection because we are not perfect. But he is. My faith is in him who is perfect, not in myself who isn't. He was perfect being tempted. He absolutely, positively could not have failed in these temptations. If he could have, he wouldn't have been who he said he was. If he could have, when Satan said, said, if thou be the son of God, there might have been some substance to that if Jesus Christ could have failed. But there was zero substance to it with Satan asking that question because he was the son of God. He was dealing with perfection. Mm. And because he is perfect, one day he can present me perfect before God. I can't present myself that way. Only Jesus can do that. It says over in the book of Jude, that little one chapter book right before Revelation, says that he that is able to to present us spotless and blameless and holy before God. To he who is able to do that. Not to me, to he. That's Jesus Christ that it's speaking of. Only he can present me perfect because he was and is perfect. This this shows our weakness. These 11 verses, yes, they show our weakness. Mm -hmm. But folks, that's really not the purpose of these. It is to show the perfection of the one one who could overcome that. It's to show the perfection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He overcame these temptations because he was perfect. Because he was God. Like I said, he was perfect in the beginning. He'll be perfect in the end of this thing. He is perfect Savior for me. And that's what I'm depending on is his perfection and not my own. We cannot walk this walk perfect. Even born again, I cannot walk this walk perfect. I'm depending on the one who could. I'm depending on the one who quoted the scriptures here. Not the fact that I can quote some scripture. Hey, folks, I, I showed, I believe it was just this past Sunday night, my imperfection. My, some of my favorite scripture completely left my mind. It didn't leave my heart, praise God, but it left my mind. It left my mind, and I couldn't remember it for a few minutes. That shows my imperfection. But Jesus Christ here knew exactly what to quote, Mm -hmm. and he knew how to quote it. And he even knew Satan's misquotings of the Scripture when he was quoting out of Psalms 91. He knew what Satan was trying to do, Mm -hmm. and Satan will try the exact same thing with us. He tried it with Eve, and it worked. Mm -hmm. Why would he not try it with us? He tried it with, hey, he tried it with a perfect creation. Adam was perfect when God made him. There wasn't no sin in Adam when God made him. That would be that would be God creating sin, would it not? If Adam had been simple when he was created, God didn't create sin. God didn't create that. He didn't create evil. Now I understand the Bible says that he creates the light and the darkness. He created death and he created life and all these other things. I understand that. But God did not create sin. Sin began with pride in Lucifer in heaven. God didn't create that. He may have created Lucifer. Lucifer was a created being just like the rest of the angels were. Uh, They were created for God's glory. But sin came from Lucifer. It didn't come from God. 
It came, it came from, from Satan himself. The devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Like I said, if you read Luke's account of this, and it's the fourth chapter of Luke, it says that, that Satan departed for a season, for just a little while, folks. When we make it through one trial, it ain't going to be long for no, them demons right there. back on us. Mm -hmm. It will not be long. I don't know how long a season was, according to Luke's account. Could have been a few minutes. Could have been a few hours. Could have been the next day. I have right. no idea. But I, but I guarantee you, it was for a very short season, yeah. and Satan was right back at him. Now, we say all the time, and I've said it too, we say all the time, the devil just ain't leaving me alone. Devil's been on my heels. Devil's been on my back. Devil's been doing this. Devil's been doing that. Folks, I ain't important enough for the devil to mess with. I am not important enough. You know who, who the devil messes with? God's most reliable. God's most faithful. God, and folks, the devil is not omnipresent like my God is. We say that all the time. We say the devil's here. The devil's there. The devil can only be one place. He can only be one place at a time. He was a created being. He is not a spirit like my God is. He was a created being. But he's got all kinds of little helpers here. Oh, yeah. Like I said, a third of the angels fell with Lucifer, mm -hmm. if my interpretation of the book of Revelation is yeah. correct. So he's got all kinds of little helpers here on earth. Yep. But, but we make it out like he is... like. He is omnipresent like God is. What is that doing? Exactly what he was tempting Jesus to do. To treat him like God. Mm -hmm. To treat Satan like God. And Satan is not God. He is not omnipresent. He is not omniscient. He, and he, he isn't any of these things that my God is. But when, when, we, when we do that, we're treating him the way he wants to be treated. Because only God is omnipresent. Only God can be everywhere at the same time. Mm -hmm. And praise God that he is. Otherwise, when I go home and God's with me tonight, y'all wouldn't have a chance to be with God tonight. No. You wouldn't have a chance to be if he couldn't be everywhere at once. And he is, he's with you and he's with me. He was born again people by way of the Holy Ghost. And I thank God for that. Y'all, I know I've used uh, the example before, uh, you know, when Jesus was... Uh, when when he was here and he was in his er earthly ministry, he couldn't be on one side of the Sea of Galilee and on the other side of the Sea of Galilee at the same time. It was impossible. He was a human being. That's why he said, I must go away. It's expedient that I go away. Otherwise, the Comforter shall not come. He said, I will go to the Father and I will pray that he send me the Comforter. Yeah. That was the Holy Ghost. And that's why you can go home and pray. And I can go home and pray. Mm -hmm. And we can both pray in the presence of God. Everybody in here can pray in the presence of God because of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Because of Him. And that's the only reason we can do it. But folks, Satan cannot be everywhere at once. He can be one place at a time. That tells me he is on the most important person that God's got on this earth right now. And I don't know who that is, but I promise you it ain't me. I can guarantee you it is not me. But that doesn't mean demons don't bother me. It don't mean that the helpers leave me alone. Anyway, God bless y'all. I hope that was a help to you.